podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season, we've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only while supplies last. See store for details. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes... And deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford! Takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Welcome to another week of Mugger, Make United Great Again. This is me, Elijah, scripter, as some people call me, and I'm joined by Stevie. How you doing? Yeah, what's happening, man? Good, good. And I'm joined by Reams as well. Yo, man, what's going on? Good, good. Uh, there's a few things before, obviously, we get into the pod. As usual, the Discord. Yeah, you have to join the Discord. That place is fucking fun, I can't lie. It's just amazing, especially when there's a game one, live game, the agendas that run, the jokes that's that's had in the, there, so live. So get on there, join it. There's, there's 
there's a Liverpool section, Chelsea section, Arsenal section, obviously United section, Spurs, there's general football, there's court side for our car, there's all of that. So there's loads of stuff going on in there. Then obviously we've got our our Patreon. Should be some pieces coming di- this week. Um, just so that's ex- that's exclusive. That's exclusive content that can't be had for free. So obviously we need to eat. So boy, better you know sign up. Then obviously the the YouTube it drops on the Wednesday after this drop after this drops today. So if you're more of a of a like a visual watcher then that's for you that'll come on the Wednesday and that'll be all that good stuff anyway now that's out of the way there was no football this week you might count yourself lucky for that after having having to watch three weeks of the nonsense we had to endure but the transfer window just ended and we decided we were gonna look more in depth at the players that the new players that we signed not well, obviously, we looked at Van der Beek a lot, so I'm gonna kick it off by talking about Alex Tellers. Have before, obviously, before we even started being linked with him, had any of you kind of watched him? Or really, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, at my age, like, <laughs> I don't have time to be honest. At any age, I don't have time to be watching the Portuguese Superliga. So I'm not gonna lie, I didn't, I hadn't paid any attention to him. I'd heard his name mentioned um, a couple of times, but not someone I'd, I'd closely watched, if I'm honest. Um, and I think, given like the profile of players we were supposedly um, trying to be signing um, with our current sort of um, system in place, I didn't think he'd be one that we'd go for, to be honest, because probably um, a bit on the older side. But yeah, hey ho, here we are. What what are you, Reams? Um, I've I've known about him for quite a while, but I can't say like I've watched him a lot. I've maybe watched him like two or three times. I think the last time I seen him play, I was watching um, because Porto versus Sporting Lisbon, but I was watching that game because of um, Nuno Mend Mendes, face uh. for Sporting, who's who's who he was linked with. What I thought we would end up getting, but. I guess um we went for the for the older option. I guess the safer option with Alex Tells. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um he has a he has he has a the interesting player, but it could go either way. But we'll get into that. Yeah. So really and truly, I just wanted to go through what um a lot of people have said about him. I, I've seen a I've seen a small bit of him, but not much. Um, I've heard. I've heard, I've heard about him as well. So um, yeah, um, he's his best attributes really are his crossing and his offensive play, dead balls, weaknesses defensively and stuff like that. So I'm trying, I'm trying to think. What do you think that is going to add to the United team, if that's the case? Yeah. So um, obviously we've had. Luke Shaw now going on. I think Luke Shaw is like one of the longest service serving United players at the club at the minute, which is just is is crazy. Um, but obviously, since since he broke his leg, it, I think it was in the Champions League that time. Like he's never recovered as an attacking force, to be honest. So um, with obviously Aaron Wan Bissaka, who can't play football on 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 the right side of the um, the team. Um, 
we need actually we need something we need something from one of our fullbacks you see the way the game is going um attacking wise so especially um with Rashford on that side of the field as well I think it'll be good to have a a fullback who can sort of give him that underlap or overlap or yes overlap um and give him give him some more options to be honest um because I feel like he's getting he's getting a bit pegged on the left um but defensively I've got some concerns for Tellez because obviously he does most of his work um in the opponent's half I don't know what he's going to be like defensively but even though Shaw's not amazing I don't think he'll be as strong as Shaw um going backwards um and we've got Maguire on that side as the left-sided centre-back as well so if Tellers is getting exposed um and you already saw the way we were getting we were getting done by Tottenham if Tellers is getting exposed high up and caught up the pitch it could it could spell even more of a massacre so he just needs to do his job going forward and ensure the ball ends in the back of the net because if it comes back the other way it could be very long yeah, so one interesting thing about him because that that I saw recently is um, they compared him and Shaw statistically. So in terms of what they think are the biggest strengths of a fullback, Shaw actually outdone Tellers on a lot of things. So especially stuff like ball progression, so like passing the ball forward from left back, mm. Shaw actually statistically done better than Tellers last season. So I, I want to know, seeing as ball progression is a big pro- problem for us, how do you expect us to mitigate that responsibility on Tellers' reams? Um, I don't really care about that, to be honest. It's kind of hard to judge defenders based on those kind of stats. Like the, A lot of defending is intangible. So going forward, Tellers offers something very specific that Luke Shaw doesn't and he is that he offers an overlapping threat and what and not only does he offer an overlapping threat he offers quality in his final ball when he overlaps which is something that even when Luke Shaw did overlap you can you can never trust the quality of his final ball to actually create anything dangerous um, so and not only does he offer an overlapping threat he could cross from deep as well so, like, a lot of the time when Luke Shaw got the ball out on the left in dangerous areas, he'll pass it square or he'll pass it back to Maguire or give it to Rashford and Rashford will try to create something. That's, that's why his ball progression stats are so high because he's always trying to play <laughs> simple, safe passes. Alex Tellis will get the ball in that same position and he will launch the ball into the box. And that is a more that will create something more dangerous than whatever it is Luke Shaw was doing, you know what I mean? Like, like um, Alexander-Arnold, for an example, you won't. You don't expect him to. You don't. He doesn't dribble. He doesn't do anything really fancy. He gets the ball. He switches play, or he gets the ball and launches it into the box, and he creates big chance after big chance after big chance after big chance. So, for me, those stats aren't really that relevant in terms of Luke Shaw offering something positive over Tellers because, from what I've seen of Tellers as well, he he he's brave enough to try and dribble. If he's in a one v one situation, which Luke Shaw isn't, he's brave enough to try an aggressive pass through the lines. It might not be his first option, but he's brave enough to do it. But he likes to do little give and goes on the wing, where he could pass it running behind and cross it in. So these are the kind of things that we've been lacking at fullback since probably ever. You know what I mean? So I feel like those stats 
don't really mean much to me. Um, going forward, Tellez offers way more than Luke Shaw did and way more that we get on the, on, on the right-hand side from Wan-Bissaka. So that straight away is a positive. Defensively, I don't know if he's the most athletic. I don't know if he's the most like aggressive like defending on the front foot, but he's quite tall. He's 5'11". So at the very least, he'll challenge stuff in the air. He'll, he'll head the ball away at the back post at the very least. You know what I mean? So I don't know... I don't know if he'll be a disaster defensively, but he at least kind of has the the, the, the the tools to provide some positive defensively. But where we're, where we're really going to get the most out of him is how he's going to just transform our attack by providing width from the fullback position, which we don't have, and by providing a crossing threat, a crossing inshallah threat, if you will, that we, that we stupidly lack. And, we know having a quality crosser is one of the most reliable ways to create consistent good chances. So I'm 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 quite excited about that. Like I'm quite excited about how he's gonna provide a new dimension to our attack and gonna make us a little bit less stale going forward. Um it's interesting that you talked about his height because the one the one thing that Tellers did clear sure on was the amount of aerial draws that, that he won. And he's quite tall, and he is. I think that's going to be important because I do feel like a lot of the times people do switch the ball a lot. I think maybe that's because Shaw tucks in a bit too much, but they they they, they do switch the ball a lot. So I think that is a plus. But um, given the fact that his main strengths are going forward, how do we combat the potential space that he does leave in behind when you think of? The fact that there's Maguire that's going to be on his side and there's going to be Matic that's going to be on his side as well. Um, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Let's not play around. Like, we're going to get we're going to get absolutely savage. It's, it's, it's not impossible. Like, it's, it's, it's obviously a change of personnel would help, but a change of formation would help as well. The easiest thing to do is a change to a four-three-three, where we have a left central midfielder that will fill in that space when he goes forward because we know Rashford isn't going to come back so if you have a left central midfielder that fills in that space and tracks fullbacks and stuff like that when he goes forward kind of like Wijnaldum does at Liverpool then that will help combat that that issue but of course there's going to be space left in behind when you're an attacking team and you have a lot of the ball and you turn the ball over of course you're always susceptible to get countered, countered but there are definitely adjustments you can make to try cut out counters um, there are but the, but my point is, you already know who's at the helm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, like, I think it's wishful thinking to to believe that Oli's going to depart from this 4-2-3-1 that he's been playing in order to, to, to accommodate Alex Tellez. And I even think, I'm not sure who we'd actually play on that left side because obviously Pogba, Pogba's the one who probably fits most naturally into that position. But whether or not, He'd be um, he'd cover the defensive spaces well enough is is a different question, but I just think I feel like Ole's too welded to that four two three one, and I, I genuinely don't know why. Maybe he feels he doesn't have the right personnel to play four three three, but I don't think we've played four three three since like his first couple of games. So I oh, just see quite well as well. Like, obviously, yeah, it's yeah. Bounce, but it suited the the players that we had. Yeah, hundred. Um, I I remember. Carrick said something about 
they don't play a 4 3 because they're scared of teams using the DM as a pressing trigger. And I don't think they trust Matic, Fred, or McTominay. Which is fair. Yeah. But, but that's fair, though. But then that's, that infuriates me more because it just means, why didn't we find a DM? Like, why wasn't that even talked about this summer? Well, yeah. that's, that's just another story that I don't want to get to, <laughs> to be honest. But, um, I don't think we was linked. I think we was linked with Thiago, which would have been ideal, but... Obviously, I feel like that was more like uh, the, the the Glazers was never really behind that. That was probably yeah, more yeah. pushing towards that. I don't think the ownership was ever really behind that, that, mm. that signing. But, right. but going, so obviously, Telus is crossing from deep, um, from near, from the byline. is very good. But who do you think that is going to benefit the most in terms of our front line? Currently, so between Rashford, Martial, Cavani, and Greenwood, who do you think his crossing is gonna benefit the most? Cavani, because he has the best movement. Yeah, it's it's and, and, and Van der Beek as well. If he ah, yeah. I forgot about because Van der Beek yeah. arrives in the box late. You can't really. He's he's good at ghosting in. He's good at identifying space. Hard to track him. So if those two can play together. It will benefit him as well, but definitely Cavani. Cavani, he's a ghost in the box. You can't, you don't, no one knows where he is. He's just, he just arrives out of nowhere. He's a ghost in the box. So if you got a guy that could consistently put balls into the dangerous areas where he's going to attack, then yeah, it was him. it's him. And I would hope it benefits Martial and Greenwood as well, because that's the part of the game that they need to improve as well. Obviously, Martial, he scored quite, a, he scored some headers last season on the odd occasion where we got some good deliveries into the box. So I won't go, I won't say he doesn't have the capability, but maybe he just needs the right guy to give him that consistent service. So perhaps Martial as well. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because, um, yeah, like if you're, if you're, if we're going to be pinging in balls and I ain't watched too much of Teller, so I don't know if he can play it on the ground, like when he's pinging it in. Um, but if you've got Cavani there, it would almost seem foolish not to be using his aerial prowess. Um, but I don't know what that means for the team in general because obviously um, we've played through Martial throughout the whole of last season and he did it very well. But if you get Tellez in, you've got someone who can really cross the ball and you've got Cavani, someone who can bang them headers in. Bro, we need them goals anyway, anyhow. So, yeah, it would make sense to me for us to be starting Cavani there. It would also be good if... Um... Greenwood at the back post, hopefully, because yeah. he, he he doesn't really get that many of them goals, but we don't really cross it as much. So I'm hoping Teller's oh, coming yeah. in. The few occasions Greenwood got on the end of like crosses that I've seen so far in his career, he's not been that good. He's, uh, not, really, he's not really good at attacking the ball in the air. So that's like one part of his game that he needs to work on, as well as like his, his just natural movement in behind as well. When he like that, when he when he when he gets that part of his game down, that will take his game to the next level. Mm. Cool. So the Cavani bit was, was was actually a nice segue onto the fact that we got in Cavani. He was available all summer. Apparently he didn't move because his wage demands were too high and last minute he dropped it. But anyway, his agent still got 10 million anyway. But um, the, the Cavani move, it's... It's a, it's a weird one because no one really saw it as a priority in summer. But 
it did crop up sometimes that we were looking for a, a, an additional striker. Um, what what do you feel like is the most likely way we're going to use Cavani throughout this season? Well, um, I felt like we was going to use him as like a secondary type of striking option, usually bringing him off the bench if we we're chasing a goal, playing him in um, games where like uh, we're rotating, strikers need a rest, maybe cup games. Mm-hmm. But um, if he's playing really well, he might end up forcing his way into the actual like main start in 11. So that might mean we rotate with how we play. We might go back to playing Martial and Rashford out wide to get him in. But I feel like mostly like we really needed another striking option other than Martial. And this summer out, we was linked with like Josh King or Luka Jovic and stuff like that. And when it was linked with all those players, everyone's thinking, yeah, this is a nice, these are nice players to bring in as backup striking options. So when we signed Cavani, I was just thinking that's that's exactly what he is. But because he's such, a, because he's one of the best strikers of his generation, it's kind of hard to envision him coming in and just being a bench player, especially if he's playing well. So we'll see how it goes. But again, I'm I'm not complaining. Like it's a it's another attacking option, and like it's not like we're blessed with an array of quality attacking options. So I'm not gonna turn my nose up at, at us getting in one of the best goal scorers of the last ten years. Stevie. Yeah. Yeah, not not too much extra to add on to that. I just my only slight concern, obviously we're gonna talk about Palestri in a bit, is like South Americans at United, like they just they just absolutely fell. I don't know what it is, I don't know what happens, but when South Americans come to United, it's just never worked out well for us. So I'm just hoping the guy obviously I saw him in the treadmill. Like putting on mad work, but he looks in, he looks in great shape. Yeah, he looks in great shape. But then that treadmill thing and playing in the Premier League is two different things. But guys so, like Cavani's just naturally a very athletic guy. Like yeah. guys like that are just naturally always in good shape. So I don't yeah, feel so. like other than other than him him being fit enough to play isn't a concern. It's just the injuries. Obviously, his injury record isn't great. So. That's the only real concern of the signing. But obviously, if he if he's fit to play, I don't worry about him not being up to pace or anything like that. I don't know. I think I think at his age, obviously having not played for what is the best part of like seven months now, to come into a league that's more physically demanding than the league you're already in at the point he's in in his career, Actually, it's gonna be demanding. it's gonna be a challenge for him. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he'll 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 adapt pretty pretty easily I hope so but it's definitely going to be a challenge for him I mean we spoke about the injuries and since 2018 really basically since the world since the world cup um it's been a string of muscle injuries so that obviously the muscle injury from the world cup July 1st the reason why he missed the France game in the quarterfinal then he picked up another one in October missed nine days, picked up another one in February, missed 21 days, picked up another one in March, which missed 25 days. Um, yeah, and then by the time we got to 19, the nineteen twenty season, got a hip injury, missed 52 days, missed 28 days, apparently because of fitness, um, missed four days because of a calf injury, four days because of illness, 13 days because of a muscle injury, 
and then 17 days because of a groin strange. And that was all up until the end of January. Bro, that would have been quicker just to name when he was on the pitch. (laughs) (laughs) And then it sounded spooky still, but again, he for most of that time he was his team's main striker. You know what I mean? So like, we don't have to worry about him being a main striker in this situation. So any, I feel like anything we get from him is a positive bonus. Mm. He's an upgrade on Egalo, that's for sure. So we so we've spoken about having to play through Martial and how it'll be different with Cavani. What are the main things that Cavani has that will enable enable what ways can we get the best out of Cavani that perhaps we'll have to change from playing through Martial? Well, for me, um I think I think if we come away from or we move away from Martial when Cavani's playing, um I don't think Cavani's as um, tidy with the ball, dribbling-wise, um, in tight spaces. And um, I don't think he's got the same pace as Martial at this point in his career. Um, I also think that Martial is actually a better, dare I say it, finisher. Um, yes. I've, seen Cavani, I've seen Cavani miss or snatch out a lot of chances. But what Cavani does is he gets into the positions. He creates a lot of chances for himself. He fashions a lot of chances for himself. Um, obviously, we know about his movement and his his ability off the ball and his aerial prowess. So I just think, like you were saying, uh, Reams, he just gives us another option. Um, and you see a lot of games where in the second half we're struggling to break down teams. And I think if we can get Cavani on, then it just gives teams something different to think about, um, both in the air um, and, and on the ground as well. So... Yeah, I think like pretty pretty polar opposites with Martial, to be honest. I think a lot of the issues I've had with Martial as a striker is that there's some games where you feel like he doesn't give the defender much defending to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he, it's like he always wants the ball to feet. And sometimes when you always want the ball to feet, um, that, that kind of makes the defender's job easy because he could just stay tight to you the whole game. And then it's just a matter of if he'll get the better of you physically in those duels, you know what I mean? But if you're always moving around, if the defender's always having to track your run, if you're always, if you're dragging defenders out of place and opening up the space for teammates, that opens up the game, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what Cavani will give us. It'll give us more, it'll give us a lot more off the ball than Martial gives us. Obviously, Martial gives us a lot on the ball in terms of his hold-up, his link play, his, his individual 1v1 quality that could create opportunities. But um, sometimes you need a guy that's just going to, disrupt a team's shape by dragging them all over the place and that's definitely what Cavani gives you and he's just a better goal scorer like he's, he's there's not really any debate he's just a better goal scorer he gets he knows where the, he knows how to get opportunities for himself to score he knows how to poach he knows how to link play he knows how to associate as well so th- there's a lot of positives that he'll give us there's a lot of experience that he can give us he's streetwise you know, he he can, he can score ugly goals. You know what I mean? He can score screamers, like what whatever you need, really. Because so if he was fit, Reem, would you have him starting over Marshall? Uh not at this point of his career. I don't think. I feel like my. I feel like. I feel like if we're really serious, we've got to stick with Marshall. Like mm. I, I feel like it would be crazy after Marshall has the best season of his career as a striker to come in and just say, okay, yeah, we're going to bring in a 33-year-old to replace you. Like, that that sends, like, the wrong message for what we're, for what we're building for, in my opinion. 
and it's kind of saying like we don't we we don't really rely on the striker that we're hoping is going to take us through to the future you know what i mean cuz cavani isn't that guy you know what i mean he's got maybe one two years at best at this kind of level whereas marshall has another 8 10 like whatever it is so i feel like if we're really serious with what we're building towards then you have to stick with marshall yeah 100 so do you envision times where we could probably be at our best by having them both up front? Yeah, I feel like I feel like it could it could work. To be honest, um, I don't feel we have the wide players. But yeah, that's that's the issue. But I think you could play them in a diamond. Um, or back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I could I could see them two linking up very well. Because um, I feel like their strengths um, will play off each other very well. Whether Solskjaer is tactically um, cute enough in order to do that and get them working in one functioning team is a different question. I don't think he personally will. Um, I can't see us playing a two up top. But And I can't, to be honest, I can't see him moving Marshall wide again after he moved him centrally. So I, I feel that it might be a case of one or the other rather than seeing both on the pitch at the same time, unless we're desperate. Cool. And you, you spoke about the wide positions and we all know about the infamous chase. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes... And deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Of Jaden Sancho all summer, which inevitably ended with us losing the battle to Dortmund and Sancho staying in Germany. But, that wasn't even a battle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, man. I, I tried to talk us up a bit, but the rats though. Um but what did happen quite strangely, we were linked to Dembele, but that didn't happen either. But what happened on the last day, we signed uh Wenger from Uruguay, an eighteen year old called I c I'm not gonna pronounce his first name. His second name is is Perlestri though. Yeah. Facundo. 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 That's a wavy name. I can't lie. <laughs> he passes the name test. He passes the name he test. He passes the name test 100%. Yeah. But yeah, so he's an 18 year old. He got his first starts in the Uruguayan League when he was 17. Plays for Penarol, which is Forland's old team and who for, who, who Forland used to manage. I think I, I think he's been he sacked. He's coaching them for a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a coach. So, what, he got sacked? I think so. Right, we're taking his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, don't quote me on that, but I think he got sacked. But um, yeah, so he is a versatile attacker. Plays right wing, left wing. People say his future is is um centrally. But um, what is weird is that there's quite differing opinions on his style. So I've seen everything from. Bala, Messi and Aymar to Daniel James so 
from what you have, from the clips that you've seen of him, what do you think about his profile as a player? Um, I think I think from what I've seen, he looks like a typical traditional old-fashioned winger. The t- you know, like touchline winger could play given goals, could run in behind, could carry the ball up the field at pace. You know, what I mean, like he he doesn't mind he doesn't mind taking a challenge. He could ride a challenge. You know, what I mean, he's got he got quick feet. Um, looks athletic. You know, what I mean. So if he was to play through the middle, he would kind of be like a he wouldn't be like a I couldn't say him like an eye marker and a natural playmaker number 10. He'd be more like a Kaka number 10 or more like a explosive, um, in-transition, ball-carrying kind of number 10, you know what I mean? But from what I've seen, the little clips I've seen, he just looks like a he's just like an out-and-out winger for me, you know what I mean? He, he, I see the Daniel James comparison, but he looks like he has a bit more about him than Daniel James does, you know what I mean? He doesn't look... He, he isn't as bland as Daniel James, but I see the comparison, definitely in terms of he's not really like a flair player or anything like that. Like, he isn't really like a, he ain't going to give you two stepovers or anything like that, you know what I mean? But he, he, he'll he use his pace to, to hurt you in behind. He'll use his pace to hurt you in transition. And you know what I mean? And he looks he looks like he, he, he could he could link up as well. So I don't know, like, when I first seen him, I was a little bit like, uh, he looks a little, <laughs> looks a little mid. But like, you know, I've seen a few more comps. I've seen a couple like match matches that he's played in the Libertadores and stuff like that, where he, he's been, da- he looks dangerous. So, like, he's only a kid as well. Like, ideally, in his ideal situation, you wouldn't want to throw him straight into the situation that we we got going on. You, you kind of want to give him a little bit of time to, to get accustomed to the league and accustomed to the country and stuff like that. Obviously, you know how he's going with us, but he, he, he's rough around the edges, but there might, there might be something there to work with, you know what I mean? And if Daniel James could get, like, 40 games or something like that, like, this kid looks better than Daniel James. Why can't he get 20, 30 games? Uh, how much have you seen him, Stevie? Yeah, bro, I think we, everyone's been watching the same 10-minute <laughs> YouTube YouTube highlights. They're not even in 180p. They're, like, 480. I, I, I got Insta still, so I've been watching them on Insta. Like, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's a bit mad, isn't it? Like, I, I don't see the Daniel James comparison. I'm not going to lie. Like, he's pacey, but to me, that's where the comparison ends because Daniel James runs in a straight line to nowhere. This guy actually, like, he tries to weave in and out of traffic um, and he does it pretty effectively. Like, I was looking at his close control um, and it seems levels, but it's like, how much can you take from these clips when you're playing boys in the South American League? Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't actually know how good this player is, but he seems like, he has ability. Um, I think physically, he's got a lot of growing to do. Um, and um, like like I said, I don't take too much from the South American League because even moving from, um, from there to Spain or to Portugal is still like a jump. So from there, straight to the Premier League, it's going to be a massive jump. So I think Ole would have to be very like in very hot water to try and blood him in the Premier League anytime soon. And um, I was listening to um, Tim Vickery, who's like um, like a football Bible from... <laughs> you know hey, shout out my guy Tim Vickery, man. He knows it all, man. Do you know what? Yeah, do you know what? That's what I'll say about Tim Vickery. He knows about South America, but his opinions... <laughs> well, you're not buying them. His, his, his opinions on players 
aren't good, but he knows all the players in South America. That's mm. what I'll say. <laughs> he's, got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got good information about yes. all the players and all the clubs, and he's, yeah. he's knowledgeable about all the players and all the teams and what's going on, but his actual... You can't opinion, apply it. Analysis <laughs> <laughs> of players is always wrong. Leave a lot to <laughs> yeah, like it's there's not been a time I've seen a player I thought, yeah, Tim Vickery was right about him, but he knows <laughs> about players. Okay. Yes. So, so Tim Vickery said that it was it's too early a move for him, so it means that he's gonna be a fantastic player. Like, <laughs> I mean on, on that basis. Yeah, because that's that's an easy take to make because most people could really I'd, I wouldn't say it's it's too early a move, but like I'd say it's too early for him to be a serious contributor for what we're mm. for what we're aiming for, you know what I mean? Like he looks like a guy that needs he doesn't look like he's not like a no brainer type talent, you know what I mean? He looks like a guy that needs coaching and development and like the right environment to like kind of cultivate his skills, you know what I mean? Which mm. isn't what we are right now. So yeah. in terms of like saying it's too early, I kinda do get that, but hopefully we'll sort out the management structure one day. And, <laughs> He could be a useful player for us. I'm, ho- I'm I'm rooting for him anyway. Like I'm not I'm not rooting against the kid. Like you know what I mean? It's like mm. when we signed Daniel James, it's like there's no way this guy's ever gonna be good. Like, but this, kid, like, <laughs> I, I don't feel that way about him. But you know what? With um with um Palestri, yeah, it just seems to me like in an ideal situation, he'd kind of have come in and maybe like be the replacement almost to like Angel Gomez, um. And not have to do too much too soon, but it just seems to me like he's he's not got the physical profile to be playing in the Premier League um, immediately. So I'd I would have liked to have seen him go on loan somewhere where he could get some minutes. But we we're in the situation we're in. When Arsenal signed on Martinelli, he kind of like looked the same in terms of like his physical profile. Like he he was super mm. fast and super like played with good intensity, but you kind of felt that oh. Maybe he looks a little flimsy. So maybe... I know Martinelli was 18 when they signed him as well, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be like... I'm not saying he's going to hit the ground running like Martinelli, but when you're 18, it's not hard to develop physically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're developing every single day. Maybe if you're Elijah, but like... For normal ah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's actually interesting because if you look through the teams he was linked with, he was very close to joining Leon, but they backed out last minute because uh, they didn't want to play the release clause. But um, he was linked with Man City, and it came out this week apparently that Man City bid for him as well. But they also didn't want to pay the release clause. But I'm not sure about the veracity of that. And he's been linked with Real Madrid in the past as well. But we apparently we've been watching him for quite a while, um, and it does seem it was very left field, but. Going forward, what do you think would be the best case scenario in terms of by the end of the season, what would be a very good season for Pelestri? If he saves Ole from the sack, then he's home. <laughs> hey, that would be the worst case scenario. Now that, that's the worst case scenario for us. <laughs> yeah, um, to be honest, I, I genuinely, I think it it's not a good look if we're bringing an 18-year-old South American to come and play right wing for us immediately. Like, I think if he has to do that, then, like, we're in a bad, bad state. Um, but I would like to see him, like, sort of um, coming on maybe at the end of games um, from maybe, like, January onwards and, and just, like, showing that he's got a bit of skill, something there, 
but I don't want to really see him starting personally because I think it's just a lot for someone who probably doesn't even speak the language um, and obviously trying to settle in in England and then trying to play at one of the biggest clubs in the world as well. It's, it'd be a lot of pressure. So hopefully we just ease him in real slow um, and he shows some some glimpses of talent. Like Kind of like what we did with Greenwood, but obviously we don't have the luxury of having the Europa League this year. Mm, which would exactly. have benefited a player like him a lot, but... If we could get him, if we could get him playing a couple Carabao Cup games, you know what I mean, when the FA Cup comes around, maybe a couple of FA Cup games, and like just um, ease him in here and like here and there, like what Stevie said. And if he shows, if we give him a couple opportunities and he shows something, then maybe he can might be an option off the bench in the league as well. You never know. If you if you need if you need a little spark off the bench, he might could could provide that. But any. I'm not really expecting much from him. Like anything that he gives us as a positive, I think that's a bonus right now. I think right now, this season is kind of just like his 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 getting used to the getting used to the culture and the country kind of season. And then from next season, if he if, there, if there's something about if he has something about him, then he could be a part of the part of the first team on a more consistent basis next season. Yeah. If he can get Dan James out of the match day squad, then <laughs> nah, um, that's a even been, Dan James hasn't even been in the match day squad the last few games. Yeah. So, Ollie, I think Ollie's kind of done with Dan James. Yeah. If I, I'm being honest, I think he, I think the jig's kind of up on him. He's he's, <laughs> he's realised he's gonna get fired the more he plays the quicker, the quicker <laughs> he plays right. Dan James. But um, the thing the thing is that even with Carabao. Cup games, we don't have one till de- December. Yeah, shit, that's crazy. That's so nice. the quarterfinal as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's quarter it's cool final versus Everton and it's away. No. So, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, maybe, maybe under 18s. <laughs> <laughs> so, even then, like the amount of games he might be able to play is going to be short. I think it's going to be a thing where if we have loads of injuries and the fixtures are piling up, he might be on the bench, he might come on, and stuff like that. <laughs> But um, you spoke about getting games from January. And this last guy, Ahmad Diallo Traore. We don't say the Traore for some reason, but, you know. Apparently, he's going by Ahmad Diallo. So. Yeah. So, Ahmad Diallo, potentially going to cost us $36 million. Um, There's since... I mean, it came kind of out of nowhere. But... Since it's happened, I feel like the hype has just been growing and growing, and that's that's just good. The clips of the kid look fucking mad. Like, I don't like. I don't think I understand. I the first the first thing I've done when we got when we linked heavily linked Pelestri and Diallo, I said cool. First one I watched was Pelestri on YouTube. That ten minute clip, he looked decent, he looked good. I saw Diallo, and I just felt. There was a step up immediately. He looks cold. He looks so good. But he's coming in January because of work permit issues. And with him, are we giving him the same expectation as per Lestri, Or do you feel there's going to be a bit more pr- pressure on him to try and break into the squad and kind of mirror what Greenwood done last season? There's, there's more pressure on him for a, a number of reasons. One, it's price tag. Two, um, the expectation, not from like, not even from us, just from where he's coming from. Like, if you ask people 
in like from Syria, Syria pundits, analysts, scouts, everything like that. He's he him he's looked at him and his brother are looked at as two of the biggest talents to come out of Syria in the last fifteen years. His brother's at Sassuolo and he's bowling, and Ahmad is looked at as the bigger talent as his brother. So when we was linked with him and when we signed him, all the guys that cover Syria, Fabrizio Romano. Norwegian geezer, everyone they're like, yeah, this talent is fantastic. It's captain at um Atalanta, Papu Gomez, raving about him, absolutely raving about him. You know what I mean? So already he's already touted as a massive talent, and that's reflected by the fact that he's willing to invest so much money into him right at the start of his career. The other thing that's that is is the expectation from us because we've seen him, we've heard all these reviews. Everyone, he passes the YouTube test with flying colours. He passes the Europa Youth League test. He scored on his debut, first team debut for Atalanta. And Atalanta's like, Atalanta has like a reputation of producing like quality players. Like Kuvaleski, that's like Juventus right now. They signed him for like 40 million. You know what I mean as well? Like, and he's coming into a team at United that he's a right winger. He's a natural right winger. He's a natural playmaking right winger, dribbler type. This is the type of player we've been crying out for for the last 10 years. So he's kind of... He, and this is the type of player we were chasing all summer, you know what I mean? And he's the one we got. So we're kind of like pinning our hopes on him being our saviour, which is unfair on the kid. It's an unfair expectation to have. But me personally, I'm speaking for myself, like, as a United fan, I've just been dying for players that excite me. You know what I mean? dying like and, and this is even going back to the Fergie days like honest to god like even back to the Fergie days like after we lost Ronaldo I was just like please like can we just sign a player that's exciting you know what I mean that gets me off my seat and this is what Amadjello is you know what I mean so he's bringing he's bringing he, he's bringing back the feel I hope I hope I'm on my knees that he's a success because if he's a success like he could be like a culture changing signing for this club you know what I mean he could be the type of player that like could be like a franchise type player for the next 10 years along with Greenwood, you know what I mean? That will take us into the next like era of us being a quality team, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of pressure on an 18 year old, but he, he he just looks good, man. Like what, like we could only go off what we've seen and what we've heard. And like, it's only been overwhelmingly positive, you know what I mean? So that's why we're, we're all reacting like this way. Evie? <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was looking at you two, yeah, both, yeah, as you were speaking about it, yeah. Reams, yeah, the smile did not leave his face. I'm, I'm so excited, man. I am so excited. Like, I am bursting with excitement. Like, I wish I could sleep until January. That's how excited. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the mad thing. Like, I've obviously, like, I, I completely agree with everything you said. He looks, he looks like such a talent. He's been over here um, in Europe doing it, which obviously I guess um, from my analysis and understanding like the education, I guess is more suited to the, the Premier League. And I think physically as well, like he just looks to me like far stronger than, than Palestri did. So I think he'd be able to make more of um, an immediate impact at United. But again, the guy is 18. Um, so we can't be expecting too much of him. And like, to your point, Reims, we kind of been dying for a right winger since Ronaldo left. Do you know what I mean? And then this summer, the whole summer, we thought we were going to get Sancho. Um, and now we've got Diallo. So 
expectations. He's, he's a young 18 as well. Like, Faku, yeah. Faku Pelesi is going to be 19 in December. Mm-hmm. Like, Ahmad turned 18 in July. Like, that's the other day. Like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> the young 18 as well. That's mad. So, yeah, I just think, like, I just hope we don't too, put too much pressure on his shoulders because you know football Twitter, two bad games and the Arsenal fans will be on him. So, I just hope he can come do his thing. Obviously, we've got Ronaldo. Saliba and he's, and he's getting shipped yeah. out. <laughs> he's getting shipped out on loan, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if, that happens, if that happens with this kid. <laughs> it's a write-off. Um, so, yeah, obviously, we saw Ronaldo when, when he came from Sporting. Um, and the games he played in, he just looked like he had that level. Um, so that's what I'd be hoping from um, from Diallo, just to show that he's got um, some potential there, maybe perhaps not the end output that we're looking for now. But yeah, I, I guess, obviously, with Greenwood playing on the right wing now, um, hopefully, I mean, they're similar kind of age, hopefully he can come and do something a bit, um, a bit more exciting than Greenwood, because Greenwood's a, a striker. Um, he's not a right winger, so... Yeah, um, something from the right side of the pitch, please. This is not coming from Wan Bissaka. Like, not like, coming from Greenwood. Greenwood offers something different. Like Amadjello is going to offer like more natural wing characteristics. Mm. So talking about width, um, playmaking, crossing, um, dribbling. You know what I mean? Greenwood yeah. is more like a kind of like a link kind of player. You know what I mean? Kind of like a. He's Give a striker, goal. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a striker, you know what I mean? I, and like, I don't mind Greenwood playing. A lot of people have issue with Greenwood playing on the wing. Listen, like, he's not the first striker to have to play on the wing, and he's not the last, you know what I mean? Cavani was playing on the wing for Ibrahimovic in his prime, so like, an 18 year old could flip and play on the wing, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the end of the world, but um, Jallo's just going to offer that real natural width that we don't have because, because we play two strikers on the wing, everything is so narrow because both of them naturally want to come. I mean, Inside, so I'm at, I'm hoping it's just gonna offer that real traditional wing skill set that we're desperately needing. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm at the inshallah, boy. That's what we're, we're, we're hoping for. Bro. I'm 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 rooting for him, man. I hope he bangs. I even I I, I added him to United on FIFA yesterday. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are keen. <laughs> He's bringing. He's, he's, He's bringing, he's bringing the feels back, man. I hope he, I hope he brings us joy, man. I'm praying. But, um, but uh, you, you mentioned Ronaldo, and it made me think that we've had, we've actually had the good history of like young players just coming in and setting the world alight. We, we have a, we have a strong collection of like teenage performers, and yeah. honest to God, like we do. And then even if you think about it, with Martial, came in with that pressure at 19. 36 million at least. He came in, set the world. So, in terms of his season, given the fact that he's going to have half a season with with, with us, and it's going to be the business end of, of the season, and it's going to be a more regular season where things are more spa- spaced out, given that fact that there's going to be important games, what do you think we are going to how are we going to u- utilise him? Well, first of all, I think an important thing that we need to consider is how much football is he going to play? How much first new football is he going to play between now and January for his team? Because the team he plays for, offensively, they are stacked. Like, so it's going to be... I would be more confident of him coming straight into the lineup if I knew 
he was going to get consistent quality minutes playing first team football now. And he's been on, and like he's on the bench, like he's he's a, he's a part of their first team, like he's been on the bench at like the last four or five games or whatever. But it's just so hard to actually like get any good quality minutes for that team because they're averaging like four goals a game, like you know what I mean. Like I know, like when he was first linked with him, apparently he's going to go out and loan to Palmer. Yeah, yeah. He's going to go out. It, it would be it would have been good if that happened. Like if he went to a team where we knew he was going to be playing week in week out, so like he's he's he'll be ready to come straight into like a first team environment when he comes here. But either way, he's coming straight into the first team. He spent forty million and he's coming straight into the first team, and we're gonna we're gonna want an impact and a spark. So if he comes in, how many games would there be between January and May? Like twenty, twenty five, thirty? Uh, depending on if we get. Into the next next round, the stages of the that ain't happening. And then, <laughs> if, if if we if we finish third in a group and get into the Europa League, that'll probably benefit him. That'll probably benefit <laughs> us as well. Like you know what I mean? Like because we ain't doing we're making no waves in the Champions League this year. Obviously, being in the Champions League is a benefit for the money and of course attracting a higher um caliber of player, but. When it when they're just there to make up the numbers, it's still kind of shit, you know what I mean? Especially like when they get slapped around, it's still kind of shit, you know what I mean? So, if we fall into Europa League, that 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 would be beneficial for for him. But I just feel like um, when he comes in, he's gonna play. Like I don't, I just don't see how he's not gonna play. Like we we put so much time into this signing, we put so much scouting into the signing, we've invested a lot of money into the signing, so. He's gonna come and play, and and I feel like anything he does, if he if he gets two goals and two assists, I'll be happy with that, because he's showing that he's ready to contribute at this kind of level already, so early into his career. You know what I mean? Um, you you spoke about the time put in, so quarter reports. We've been scouting him since under fifteen. Then he played a game versus Man City in the UEFA Youth League, and I think two days afterwards that Atalanta board were contacted by us and we've been negotiating this deal for a year according to them um, apparently he money out of us as they possibly could yeah. so apparently he was going to go on loan to Parma and it, it looked like we weren't going to get him but then that broke down and then that's why we came in all guns blazing with a big bid especially after Sancho broke down yeah so in, with our youth recruitment, so you've seen with Palestri and we've seen with um, Diallo, compare that to Tellez and Cavani, where it seemed like we were just scratching around and we set settled on these two. What what do you think is the main driver between our youth recruitment being so almost detailed and just like what you expect of a big team to do? I, I feel I think. Obviously, with youth scouting, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Because your youth scouting team is completely different to your first-team scouting team. Your first-team scouting team, a lot of the signings kind of have to get signed off by um, the owners and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But whereas with youth recruitment, it gets signed off by like the head of recruitment for that. So we, is that Nicky But I'm not really sure who our head of recruitment is but for the academy. But if you look at our youth signings over the last 18 months or so, we've signed some of the best under-18 players available in the world. Looking at Hannibal Medjbri, the kids we got from Spain, um, the, the, the centre-back we got from France. You know I mean, we've been signing some of the 
better under 18 players available in the world. So it just shows that the kind of like attention to detail and the kind of like quality of reporting and quality of scouting we're getting from our academy has is getting better. Whereas the first team, it's kind of like no one can kind of like agree on what type of player we need, what type of player we should be going for, how much money we should spend on these kind of players. So I feel like we've kind of, United have kind of been relying on youth to bail us out for a while now. We're looking at 19-year-old Anthony Martial, 18-year-old Marcus Rashford, 18-year-old Mason Greenwood. Like We've just been relying on these young players to come in and outperform their age for years now. And it's about time our first team signings live up to the to their to what they're signed to do as much as our kids are. You know what I mean? If we can get a good balance between that, I feel like then we can have something going. Like we signed Bruno Fernandez because we needed him. And then we signed Donny van der Beek who basically plays in the same position, who would have been a better fit in the first place, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of stuff like that that kind of just makes it more difficult to really build a nice cohesive team. But I can't I can't complain about the youth signings we've been making. The first team signings, it's been bad, and we know it's been bad, and it just it needs to improve. And if it, if that's a director of football, someone who actually really knows football and isn't a pencil pusher or a numbers guy, that that's what we're gonna have to do. But it, something needs to be done. Yeah, I think. Um... With obviously the first team signings, um, I think there's just a lot of egos flying about. Um, be that from um, the manager. It, I, I, to be honest, I don't know how much involvement Ole has in the signings. It seems like he just kind of um, agrees or vetoes them at the end. Um, there's a lot of egos at the board level with the owners and then with agents as well. So I just think there's a is because of the large sums of money potentially being banded around and handed handed about, there's a lot of egos flying, there's no consistent approach. Whereas with our youth, we've kind of always had the mode of going for um exciting young players and that's never really changed. So I think you can always spot a United youth team player and you, and you can go in and get them. But then I also think there's a shift in focus and in priorities like i think there's a recognition that to be honest like with the signings it's not sustainable to try and build a team that's going to compete with liverpool or man city in like the next one or two years like we'd have to be spending bucket loads of money so i think there's just a realization that look we might not be here in two years but we might try and catch them in like four or five with this new batch of of young players and then also like in terms of generating revenue as well, like you see City have been doing it, you see Chelsea have been doing it for years where you invest in young players and then even if they don't turn out to be the world-class players you hope for, like you can at least retain and, and get some money back in the transfer window, which we are just We're struggling to do. We're very bad at that as well. We're so bad really at that. struggling to do. Like Chelsea... Net spend like in previous years, they were absolutely killing it. I saw Bakayoko went back on loan again. I'm like, how do they still still own this guy? Like actually just making money off of um of youth players. Obviously, Bakayoko is not one of them, but um just tons of youth players like Van Ginkle, like year on year on year. Um, you don't even see them play for the team, but they're bringing in revenue. So yeah, man, I think I think that's the strategy at the moment for us. Is it- 
it's great. It's crazy to think about because I remember, I think we faced Chelsea in the FA Youth Cup in I think it was the fourth round, third round or something, and this was the team that Rashford was in. They got mm-hmm. absolutely smashed, and then there was this big article saying how United's academy has gone to waste since Fergie's left and stuff like that, and they put time and effort into getting new scouts, getting new recruitment, structuring the whole thing, but was behind a lot of it. And you see now where we're able to, we're we're bringing free youngsters, we're signing the best youngsters. And it's just a case study for the first team just to show if you put the time and effort into building it properly, look where you you can be. And, and, And the reason why we had, the academy had to do that is because we were competing against Man City and Chelsea yeah. who were killing it at youth recruitment level, getting the best talent from the UK, from abroad. So we United had to make that adjustment to, to keep up with those guys who are kind of like the benchmark. And the benchmark in first team football is Liverpool. as well. So we, we have to do the same thing. We can't keep just doing what we're doing and hoping one day it's going to work. We, we have to make adjustments so we can compete with those teams. Because like, Liverpool made those adjustments as well. And that's why they're so successful now. Man City, of course, they've been well run since since the takeover. Like, you know, well, I guess their fans might say different, but from that project's been pretty successful so far. You know what I mean? So we can't just keep going over the same same routine, season in, season out, what we're doing, and failing every year. Like, eventually, we gotta say, this isn't working. What else can we do? Facts. But anyway, enough talk about the future. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask. No Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Well, let's talk about the near, near future, in fact. Uh, our next game is versus Newcastle. It's going to be away, I think. I'll, I'll double-check that. I think it's away. But, um, yeah, um, Marshall's going to be suspended. Um, so, and Cavani might not be able to play because he might have to quarantine. Um, so, in terms of, and there was an interesting thing Solskjaer said after the Spurs game where he said something is going to have to change, different training, uh, different attitude, and different formation. So, did he say formation? I think I've, I'm pretty sure he said for formation. He 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 might have just been throwing out examples of what you might have to do just to change. <laughs> what um, yeah. So he's on a firing block right now. So yeah. So in terms of what you would like to see versus Newcastle, what would it be? A new manager in the dugout, preferably. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. <laughs> but, I'd like um, to see Luke Shaw dropped I'd like to see Harry Maguire dropped I'd like to see Aaron Wan-Bissaka dropped I'd like to see Tellers come in maybe two and Zebe Ethan Lerd. Um, uh, I'd probably say 4-3-3 three, three, Matic, Pogba, Van der Beek front three Rashford, Greenwood 
Bruno Fernandez out on the right. That's what I'd like. That's not happening. That's just what I'd like to see. I feel like right now that that that's just a little that's that's a little freshen up for our team that we desperately need right now. Obviously we know Maguire is gonna play, Wambasak is probably gonna play, but I think Tellers might come in. And I think the front three, I think Greenwood might start up front. And I think Juan Mata might start on the right wing. I think that'll be the I think that'll be the adjustments. Like the simple adjustments that you know Oli will make, like nothing mm-hmm. too like um outrageous. If um if Van der Beek is not starting um against Newcastle, like there needs to be a real Inquisition because why they signed it, <laughs> yeah. Because you've got questions to answer, then like 40 million. Why are you signing, man? And then you're you're actually just saying that, yeah, like you're rewarding trash because Pogba we're struggling people, and he's not. We're yeah. struggling, we spent 40 million on him, like let him be useful, like you know what I mean. He has to come in, um, and then Maguire, at, he Maguire desperately needs to be dropped just to show that. If not for his performances, just to show that yo, like you are, um, you are droppable. But again, I don't think Ole has the balls. Um, so to your point, I think we're gonna see one matter, and I'm gonna be pissed off. You know what? The reason why Ole won't drop Maguire and Wan Bissaka is because they're his signings, so it reflects poorly on him. Mm. I mean, at least with James, it's more like you know what? You cost fifteen million, it doesn't really matter. He was never supposed to be starting in the first place. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Them man, thirty million on two players, and I could drop them after a season. <laughs> that's not a good look. But the question is, by you gonna play again? Ah, uh, do you know what? He just got Ollie's trust back <laughs> after grinding, and then we get hit for six. Like he's he might be cursed because I would not be surprised if we didn't see Lindelof come straight back into that team. Honestly. But Maguire, Maguire deserves to be dropped more than Bailly. You know what I mean? Hundred. I think yeah. I'd I'd love to see a Bailly Twanzebe combo, or even what's the worst that happened? What's yeah. the worst that happened? We lose by six. Like that's that's already happened. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, that game could be interesting because um, obviously Newcastle have got a better forward line than than they did in in years gone by. I do feel like. Wan-Bissaka would have the best of St. Maximan, though. Um, but Callum Wilson could be a problem. He started the season fairly hot. And the thing about Newcastle is they'll work. Like, you know they'll work. To be honest, there's no real easy games in the Premier League anymore, barring about Fulham. Um, so, boy, I don't know how much time he's going to actually have with the players ahead of the match, but it could be, it could be very techy. Yeah, 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 actually right to mention that because there's going to be internationals on Wednesday. Um, so that leaves, and we're playing... When's the game? On Saturday or Sunday? Saturday, 8pm. And it's going to be away. Um, so okay. that, yeah, that generally is Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning. So I doubt we're going to see much of a difference. You think Palestri will be in the team? Honestly, if I was social, I would honestly just cause a madness. I would do the maddest things because stuff, <laughs> heads have to roll after that. You can't... Let's be on the left wing, Rashford bro, on the front, Greenwood on the right. <laughs> bro, like, stuff has, stuff has to happen. I'm pe- I might, I might fuck around and play three at the back, 
Wan Bissaka, Bai, and Shaw. Just, just do, just, just, just tear up the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, left wing, left wing back. Yeah, bro. I can't lie. Like, just tear up the whole thing because basically heads. Basically, people are looking for heads to roll after that per performance. Because, yeah, man, I, I don't even want to go through it again. But in terms of the most realistic lineup, goalkeepers going to be probably going to be the hair. Right back. Who you going? Yeah, um, Itaka's. He's going to play. He he has to. To be fair, he should play. I wouldn't be mad at him starting. Uh, the centre back pairing. <laughs> to be like. If he's if he's a real manager, he to me he has to start Bayi because he's not given Bayi a chance to get back to um, anything resembling his top form. I think he needs a few games because he hasn't had a series of games um, in a long time. I think the problem is Solskjaer picked him not because he trusts him. I think he picked him just because Lindelof was playing so badly that he thought he had to make a change. Um, but if Lindelof comes back in straight away, then that has to signal by his time at the club is, is done. No. Um so personally personally I'd go for Bailly again. I think Bailly can handle Callum Wilson anyway. Um and then yeah, I we're obviously gonna see Maguire again. So because Twan Zebe's just coming back to fitness actually he had a surgery in the summer. Mm. So he's he barely played last season as well. So I, I don't think we're going to see him for a while. Um, left back, Tellers. I'd play Tellers, but we're I, going to see Shaw. I, I, no, I think I actually think he'll play Tellers. You think he will? Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll. yeah. Because that because that tackle versus Spurs, that, that that's where the <laughs> uh, uh, that's when Solskjaer decided. Yeah, man. Um, oh yeah, he was fuming, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was fuming. <laughs> um. What what formation do you do you think we're gonna play? Do you think we're gonna stick with the same formation? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah. yeah. Who's gonna be the double pivot then? I think you, you know, you, you know he is Pogba, Pogba Matt. <laughs> no, I actually think we might see Pogba and Fred. I actually think we might see Pogba and Fred. Because he kinda he kinda he kinda he kinda that's the kind of pivot that he trusted towards the back end at the Europa League, innit? Mm. Yeah. When he felt like we needed to be more solid defensively. Or, or something like that. I think, so I think he might go with Pogba and Fred. And he brought on Fred second half, innit? At half time. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I think he might see Pogba and Fred. Um, the front, the, the three behind, behind striker. Yeah, it's got to be... I f- if he's smart, yeah, then he does what you lot have been saying for a minute and he plays Bruno Fernandes right. And then that gives him like a risk-free way of getting Bruno Fernandes, Van der Beek, um, and Pogba into the same team and seeing how they do, like, um, without um, being chastised by anyone because, obviously, Martial's, Martial's suspended. If he's not smart, and I fear he's not, then Bruno plays uh, 10 again, Van der Beek's on the bench, and we have... Um... <laughs> If I see one Matt or Lingard <laughs> or Daniel James, any combination of that three, I'm gonna be fuming. I th- I, th- I, th- I honestly think we might see one Matt. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. I mean, yeah, I think you. I think we will. He trusts him. That is that, and that's just the safest decision, right? Yeah. You know what? Because I remember the Brighton game when um he made the changes and Rashford and Pogba came on. 
he put Van der Beek out wide, I think. When the they, best, yeah. yeah, he put Van der Beek out wide. So. God, I hope we don't see that. I've <laughs> <laughs> lost the plot. Bro. But, I mean, I, I generally... I generally do not think he's going to move Bruno from that 10 position. I think that Bruno has that until 2022, at least. <laughs> Facts. But, um, so you're saying Juan Mata, Bruno and Rashford behind Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't think he's playing like I dare him play a goal. I dare him. <laughs> <laughs> I would not not that far. Um, <laughs> Igalo himself doesn't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, given that star and 11, what do you think the score is going to be? Remember, it's October. It's St. James's Park. It's 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. Well, what do you think the score is going to be? 1 0. Yeah. Same. Scorers? Rashford. Rashford, yeah, Bruno Rashford. Penn. Rashford, Rashford, think... Rashford or Bruno Penn for real. That that, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, I think come out that Cavani is not going to be available as well because he has to self isolate. So yeah, yeah. No, there's think... actually no confidence in in this team whatsoever. I think I think if we do get a win, um, like I'd put a bet on that one of those goals are coming by a penalty. <laughs> yeah, same. We scored one open goal, open play goal this season, right? Rashford. And um and there was an own goal. <laughs> and that's from a that's from a free kick as well. So yeah, we scored one open play goal. It's crazy. All right. So we got listeners, a few listeners' questions to wrap it up. First one is do you think there was ever any intention of signing Sancho given they knew the requirements? Who fooled you? Who fooled you? We were trying to sign Sancho all summer. The issue is we thought Dortmund would budge on their requirements and their requests and they didn't budge not even an inch. Not even an inch. United felt like, oh, this team ain't serious. They'll just bend to our will where Manchester United and Dortmund was like, nah. They had all the leverage, you know what I mean? And United were naive in their attempt, so yeah. Spot on. Guess, guess who that question came from, Reams? Who? MUFC for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, he's not, he's not missed. He hasn't missed in a while. That guy's not missed, bro. He hasn't missed in a while. <laughs> um, next question. Which of the current players do you think are the most similar to Palestri and Diallo in terms of playing style? I don't think we have anyone like Diallo. None. To Palestri, Anthony and Anthony Alanga. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, fam, I can't even lie. That guy's better, better, better than James as well. Oh, on a hundred percent. Better than James. Hundred percent is. Yeah, I think yeah. It's is like that's that question is mad because the fact that like these two players are probably going to come into our team and be the trickiest players we have in our squad, both <laughs> at 18, yeah, for a whole Man United. That's that's mental, man. Yeah, we, we haven't got a profile. Not, even in our academy, we don't have a player like um, like um, Amad Jello. So, yeah, we really need him. 
What are you saying? You're not buying into Chong's hype? Ooh. Man said, wow. If he's playing left back, I'm listening. <laughs> hey, that, you can call that left back. That's hey, a shout. That, that, that was the most exciting thing that's happened to me in really, like the last three months. <laughs> I was, he, was, he was cooking that in that. <laughs> uh, sorry, that last question was from Harry Adams one. Next one is from Manx Savelli. Thoughts about the board finally refusing to get bumped for English talent and fully utilising the scouting system like we've been begging to. Woodward said enough is enough. A year too late. <laughs> we, could have done with that we, we could have done with that last summer before we shipped out 130 million on two bums. But Bro, yeah. Don't forget Dan James as well. Have you not noticed like last summer these lot were like, yeah, we need to buy the best of pure British talent. That's the pure British. It was missed. All we did was miss. We said Man. we bought the best, we bought the worst. We missed. Honestly, we spent about 140, 150. And then the summer that we actually need the best British talent in Grealish and in Sancho, you've decided now. Nah, we're gonna we're gonna divert from this strategy. And now we've gone to Uruguay and, and Italy. It's um, it's mad. It just shows the level of of disorganisation. Like but that. you know the funniest thing with Amajalo, yeah. If he actually claimed Italy, he would we would have been able to sign him straight away. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's why we couldn't sign him because he doesn't he, he doesn't claim Italy. Obviously, he's he's Ivorian, isn't it? That's what he claims. But obviously, mm. he needed to sort out his guy, Italian man. passport before we could sign him. Oh, so he doesn't even have a, have an Italian passport. It makes sense. Um. Next question is from S Trillions. With the tough run of games coming up, do you think Ole has been set up to fail, especially with the Poch rumours now floating about? I don't think he's been set up to fail. Obviously, we can't control the fixtures we get. But um, he's been... He, he knows he's in trouble. And we... And, and the board knows he's in trouble. That's why they're already laying the groundwork for his sacking before it gets... I don't want to say it gets really bad because I feel I, I, it's pretty it's pretty bad right now, right? Yeah, it's but, but it's gonna get ugly over the next couple of weeks. So the board have already started laying the groundwork for his replacement when it does eventually get ugly. To so be they fair, but they so they, I don't feel like they have set him up to fail, but I'm they're they're pretty sure he's going to. <laughs> <laughs> Before you go on, Steve, I'm gonna go through what we have until December. So, obviously, Newcastle on Saturday. PSG away on Tuesday. L. Chelsea at home the next Saturday. That might L. be a double. That might be a double. <laughs> Leipzig at home after that on the Wednesday. L. Arsenal at home on L. the Saturday. L. L. Istanbul, Balaclava versus on... That might be a W. That one we we might scream. Oh, after that. Is it in Turkey? <laughs> yes, it, yes, yeah, yes, it's in Turkey. That's they, got by, they, they got by like Robinho and <laughs> <laughs> Raphael. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, if they, they if they allow them Turkish fans with the flares into the stadium, <laughs> that team is a ragtag bunch of misfits, man. Cliche <laughs> 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 and them, man. <laughs> and and then after that we had Everton away. L. L. Then we got might hold four. <laughs> then we've got West Brom at home. We've got the return. That might be a W. That might be a W. <laughs> That's then the only got... W. 
Then we've got the return of the Istanbul game. Then we've got Southampton away. And then we have PSG at home. That's frightening. I'm not going to lie. I, I think, what, 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 what month is PSG at home? December. That might, be Oli's, that might be Oli's last game. <laughs> start, start of December. Actually, if he, if he makes it that far, I'll be impressed. If he makes it to that, if Oli, whatever date that is, if Oli makes it to that date, the 2nd of eat, December, I will eat one of my dreads if he makes it to the 2nd of December. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to un- un- understand, in our next six games after Newcastle, we have PSG, Chelsea, Leipzig, Arsenal, and Everton. Everton, that's the game he gets fired. <laughs> I'm putting yeah. out what day is that? What day is that? I'm putting that is court. the 7th of November. I'm putting it in my Party calendar. Time. 7th of November is Ollie Day, where he gets fired. Let me put it in my calendar right now. But honestly, that is frightening. He's not he is not making it past that Everton game because we're gonna hold four. Calvin Lewis. Do, <laughs> do you know what the scary thing is? Anytime I think this guy's out the door, the players Put Damn. their heart on this. He's a survivor, he's a survivor, isn't he? He's a survivor now. He's a Rashford goes up 10 levels. <laughs> Marshall goes up 15. Uh, Fred pulls out some of the best midfield performers I've ever seen in my life. They make me sick, man. They I'm love not, that guy for some reason. They, 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 not, they proper love him. They actually love yeah. him. I'm not one of them guys, yeah, but I'm not going to lie. The players need to down tools. They need to have, they need to have one <laughs> of them know, secret you know meetings. You know, I'm so against downing tools. I'm actually so against it. Like, I... I hate it because I was I only I was only for it when it was Jose. Like any other manager, <laughs> you gotta give your manager the best chance. Like, even if they're not good, like Jose was a charlatan. I wanted him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's the only way to to, to describe Jose. Like by the end, he was. He wasn't. He was just an imposter, bro. Like he, he wasn't there to win games. He, he was just there to ruin stuff. He was, but the thing was, jo- Jose was sabotaging himself, man. Yeah. Yeah, hundred. Um, but yeah, nah. The players need to realize, like, for the sake of our club, like, <laughs> yo, we need my man gone. So just down tools for like three, four games. Let's let's move. Um, let's move. Um, Joe, the figures, yeah. When players down tools, I hate seeing United lose. You know, I actually yeah, hate. Yeah, I so do. it just pisses me off even more. But um, all right. I think this is the last question. How many goals is Cavani bagging this season and yeah I think we already answered this question but I'll say it anyway what does his signing mean for Martial and Greenwood if Cavani gets anything between 10 to 12 goals I'll be happy with that honest to God I'll be happy with that and I don't and I don't think it means much for Martial and Greenwood it just means like they have we're, we're less reliant on them to be performing week in week out so it kind of it kind of helps them if anything. It means they have a little bit more time to rest. They get rotated in and out of the team more, so they don't have to get run into the ground. So yeah, yeah. I think I think twelve is probably the magic number. I think it's going to be interesting actually to see how many goals Greenwood gets this season. To be honest, because um, I don't feel like he's getting as much time afforded on the ball as he was last season and. Obviously, he had bare Europa League games to play in last season. This year in the Champions League, will he feature as much, especially if um, Diallo comes in? Um, he got 10 in the league, though, so which was pretty sick for his rookie season. Yeah, but I, I don't know if we're going to be afforded the same luxury this season. The way, the way the season's going, it might be tight for him. 
Um, but yeah, hopefully he can get into double figures as well. All right. That's the end. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Got a bit more insight into our four new signings. Um, remember, use the hashtag Touchline Fracker when you're discussing on the timeline tomorrow. Share it wherever you can. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed today. Peace, bros. Thank you. Have a good day. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Violate my squad, my bang you. Only chance in my team, like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Podcast Network.